Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Today's episode is sponsored by Karen Hallian. Karen Hallian is an incredible illustrator who creates all kinds of whimsical art of our pop culture favorites and some real-life heroes. If you go to karenhallian.com, you can find all the places to shop, all the places to follow her online, and a link to my personal favorite, her Patreon. I've been a Patreon supporter for over a year, and my favorite thing is that she sends out coloring book pages of her illustrations, which if, like me, you love de-stressing with a little nerdy coloring, this is the perfect place for you. Head to karenhallian.com to check her out right now. Before today's episode, we want to thank a couple of our Patreon supporters. We appreciate everyone who has gone to patreon.com slash sartorialgeek and chosen to support us over there. Patreon funding is the main way that we do everything we're doing at the Sartorial Geek, from keeping this podcast running, to hosting our website, to paying some of our editors. And we appreciate everyone who has chosen to go there and check out our rewards and help us out. This week, we want to thank Kelly, Michelle, Janelle, Angie, Sophia, and another Michelle. We cannot thank you enough for supporting the Sartorial Geek. If you want to join them, you can head to patreon.com slash sartorialgeek, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, welcome to the Sartorial Geek Podcast. I am Jordan today, and I am so excited to be here with Amy Ratcliffe. Hello, how are you? Great. How are you? Thank you for having me. All the things. I can't believe we've (laughs) never done this before. I don't think, right? This is the first time on the podcast? Yeah, the first time. That makes no sense. Well, thanks for for being here. (laughs) Sorry for not having you on sooner. Oh, how dare you? No, I'm just kidding. Of course. (laughs) I'm so flattered and I will come back anytime. Just so you know, I'm already inviting myself back. I would love that because there's so many things we could be talking about. We have a very special thing to talk about today, but like I guess for anyone who doesn't know who you are, tell the people (laughs) what you do because you're all over the nerd space. All over, um, sometimes in (laughs) very scattered ways. For my like nine to five, I'm a managing editor at Nerdist.com, which is all about pop culture. Goodness, it's it's a blast. And then in my free time, so free time in quotes, as we all have that kind of, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I love to write books. So I've written a couple of Star Wars books, a little bit of Star Wars fiction, and now um, I'm writing or I've written my first middle grade novel and my first, you know, kind of book that's non-Star Wars, basically, (laughs) which is exciting. Yeah, that's what we are here to talk about. You have a book that is coming out May 4th, which is I just learned before we started recording (laughs) that that wasn't planned, which is so wild to me. Because what a great day. (laughs) Yes, I was like the ultimate fandom day is perfect. Yeah, and it is called A Kid's Guide to Fandom. And I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's like a guide of everything from fanfic and cosplay and podcasting and like all nerdy things for kids in your life. And it's the greatest book 
I love it so much. I just like I'm holding it right now and I keep flipping through the pages. <laughs> I totally <laughs> <I> love it. <laughs> oh, um, twins. Yay. Uh, you're so sweet to say that. It was a joyful book to work on and something that I, I worked on a lot at the beginning of all of, of these wild times at then spring of last year. And it just it brought me joy and I hope it has that effect on other people too. You know, it's weird when you put something out in the world and you're like, I hope people like it as much as I like it. So I, I don't have kids, but I spend a lot of time with kids. I have been a nanny for a bunch of years and just have a lot of nieces and nephews. And I feel like it's perfect for kids. But then also, even if you don't have a kid to give it to, it's kind of like nostalgic in a fun way to remember what it was like being a baby nerd. <laughs> so it's kind of good for I mean, I think it's great for everyone. I love hearing that because that's how it was. Because I didn't like super into fandom and I didn't even really know the word until I was like a teenager, like with fantasy books, like Wheel of Time and Sword of Truth. And not a lot of other people read those books, except um, my high school boyfriend at the time who was who introduced them to me. And I didn't know the word fandom, but like I started to grow in fandom. I learned about live journal yep. <laughs> and making custom icons on live journal was my jam for a while. So anyway, and then cosplay and, and, and podcasting. So writing this book was definitely like a trip down my fandom memory lane, if that makes sense. And was just, yeah. it gave me, it returned me to a lot of warm, fuzzy feelings and reminded me about why I got involved in fandoms, why they're kind of cool. I don't know if you felt this way, but I had kind of the same experience or I guess I knew that I was a nerdy kid, but I didn't really know like what that meant or yes. that there were other people out there <laughs> like what to do with that. So I think this is so cool to think about. Like I think all the time if I could go back in time, like what I would tell my younger self and like groups I wish I had gotten into sooner and things I wish I had known more about. And I think it's so great that like kids now have all these resources that we didn't have. And also for nerdy kids, this book is like, if you are a parent trying to understand your nerdy kid, I feel like this is so helpful too. Totally. And it is very much that feeling of, uh, you know, I still crave it as an adult sometimes, but I certainly did as a kid of just like, you want that, not validation, but kind of like of like, you're not of knowing you're not the only one who likes a certain thing. Like when you realize you're like, oh, it's not just me. Like that's a really special and kind of feeling that's hard to get that like same satisfaction from elsewhere. So my hope is that like, I think kids are much more aware of fandom now. And certainly I have encountered so many parents in conventioning or bringing their kids, conventioning is totally a verb. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, bringing their kids and are getting them into it. And that just like, wasn't a thing when I was young. So part of me is like, oh, like I'm jealous. Like you kids don't even know how cool it can help. If the book can help kids or adults that like, kind of come to that term fandom a little more and, and what it's about and how you can get involved and like do all this cool transformative fandom stuff to get creative and it helps them like find their people. Like that's the dream. And I think there's something really cool too. Like you talk about it at the beginning of the book, you can sort of like a lot of nonfiction books like this, you can read it however you want. Like you can read it start to finish, or you can go through the parts that are particularly interesting to you. But I think something that I was picturing is like, I kind of did this for myself much older, but if you know you're into fandom, but you only really know like one part of it, this book can introduce you to so many more things that you may like. Like I didn't know about fan fiction until way late in the game. So, you know, a kid that knows they like cosplaying or knows they like 
going to conventions, but then also loves writing and doesn't maybe know about what that outlet is and what that can be like, I think is such a cool thing. Honestly, Finn, too, if I can get like one kid to get excited about making a fanzine, my, I think that is something that needs to come back. And, and certainly there are lots of I subscribe to this great Star Wars fanzine. I think fanzines rule is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm hoping like that it helps kids like realize like, oh, we can try out this area. If I like to just like make crafts, I can do cosplay and I can start getting involved if that's something I'm into. And I hope it's a whole journey. Yeah, it definitely seems like it. And I'm excited. I like already have a mental list of kids I need to give this to for Christmas next year. Yay! (laughs) Other than the things that you've said and just like being a nerd, what made you think of this book? Because I can't believe it didn't exist yet. And I'm so glad you wrote it. How did you come up with this? That was so my incredible editor, Brittany Brooks at Running Press Kids, reached out to me and kind of had this idea of wanting to do something like this. And as soon as I started reading the email, I was like, it is does hit you. It's like, yeah, why doesn't that exist? And I think those ideas are always very exciting because it's like, yeah, that that just should be there. And I just kind of assumed it was because it's such a like, oh. (laughs) And then we shaped it together and really wanted to make it not just kind of a a brief fandom 101 and you know introduction to what that is for those who may be unfamiliar with the term but a practical like guidebook that kids could go through and like learn about themselves and learn activities and work with their parents on some projects or the the adults in their life older siblings or guardians to make things and we really want to include like there are some worksheets at the end that's so cool and i always like encouraging people to write in books as someone who takes, I know it's not like always a a good thing to admit, but I like to take notes in books. I think that's awesome. So I'm with you. Good. Cause I'm like, and when you find used books that have notes in the margins and stuff, like what a treasure. So we really wanted to make it like a, this is what it is and a how to all in one and just make it fun and fill it full of illustrations. Sure. Super articulate today. Pack it with bright illustrations. That's perfect. Cause that was the next thing I was going to say. Like you never know with, especially like nonfiction books, there's a, such a gap between like whether they are beautiful or whether they just aren't. And like this one <laughs> is definitely in the category of like, you guys put energy into making sure it looks good and it really is beautiful. All the illustrations are great. Right. And I think that's like part of it because I've definitely picked up nonfiction books. And if it's not, if it's just black and white text, I like illustrations. I like well designs. And anyway, I like aesthetic things. That's real because not every book looks good. And that's the whole thing. Like, don't judge a book by its cover, but it helps. When it but it has doesn't a great hurt. Cover. Yeah. Right. So Marissa, our designer at Running Press Kids, came up with this gorgeous, like, I love the, the bright color palette. We really wanted it to be kind of like, you know, a little like pop art and also friendly and cute. And when we started talking about artists, and this is like my dream because I follow so many artists on Instagram, yeah. you know, as we were kind of thinking about the style we wanted, Brittany and I both were like, hey, what about Monty Gagas, what he goes by on social media? So that's mostly how I know him, yeah. <laughs> aka Dave Perlo. And I've been a fan of his art for a while. He's done a tremendous number of, uh, you know, pop culture related prints and and shows. And so anyway, when he said yes, I was like, I didn't really think he was going to. <laughs> I was like, surely he's probably busy. But he said yes. And his work, the things he turned back, especially with my very like, you know, 
giving notes to an illustrator is not my strongest point. So I'd be like, a bunch of different kids doing games. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So helpful. And he would come back with these beautiful sketches. And it's like, that's what was in my brain. How did you know? That's so awesome. Yeah, it looks great. The illustrations match the style of the book perfectly. I think it's beautiful. Thank you. I'm just looking at his art right now. That's something I like. I just recommend to like before you even like really dive into the book, honestly flip through and look at the art because he did a great job and it's like a good, I feel like introduction to the book just to see all the beautiful as I'm doing right now as we're talking. Let me just look at this art again. Well, and I think especially for kids, like I know all kids are different, but for me, like if something... And this is a very good style that, I mean, I definitely would have been into as a kid. And every aspect of this book feels like it was written for kids, but by adults who get it. Not like, I don't know, sometimes things don't translate well to kids. And you guys did it really well, I think, where it doesn't feel like, here, let me talk down to you, young one. (laughs) You know, it's like, I remember being a kid and this is what it was like. And here are the things that you can enjoy too. I think that's great. I appreciate that because that was definitely part of, you know, getting the tone right and that I had never really, I've written like a children's picture book, which is quite a different style and tone. So trying to get middle grade correct. And at first, Brittany and I did have conversations where part of it is like, I write for the internet a lot and the internet algorithms, at least in our, the WordPress backend that we use really like short sentences, for example. Yeah. But that's not how people talk. And when you're reading a book, that's uh, it's just a silly internet thing. So right. <laughs> as we were figuring out the tone in the beginning, you know, my editor was definitely like, you don't, you can write longer sentences. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yes. And, and we kind of talked a little too about like what vocabulary level is good. And it was mostly, it's just like, just write as you would normally write. Like kids are smart. Yeah. And I did not want to talk down to them. I didn't want to make it like a textbook. I wanted to make it hopefully fun to read and, and casual and just kind of like, yeah, I, I've, I've been in your shoes and I'm excited. I'm here with you. And this is all the stuff we can do together. I think that translates. So, Yay. <laughs> and then another <laughs> personally you. super cool thing is you interviewed some real life nerds for this book. The coolest nerds. <laughs> yeah. Including me and Liz, which was I haven't, I've never written a book. Like we have our magazine, but it feels very different to see a book, you know, with a cover and lots of pages. (laughs) And so both of us, we were just texting each other photos when our copies came in and we're like, is this real life? Like, this is so (laughs) cool. (laughs) Well, I'm so flattered that you both agreed to do it because, you know, as we were coming up kind of with the format of this book and I was kind of trying to decide, okay, we're going to have like some vocabulary sections and some history spotlights. And it just hit like, it'd be really cool to talk to folks who have some kind of professional connections to their fandom that they've turned into zines or newsletters or companies or they host podcasts all the time or maybe they cosplay professionally and it's just they're fan artists who have gone on to work for you know companies that that they were making fan art of you know like Lucasfilm or DC Comics and it's just so many different <laughs> talented people. And you both were so kind and generally across the board, almost everyone I reached out to was like, hey, I'm doing this thing, was so generous with their time and excited to help. And the list of people that you got for this book is so <laughs> impressive and great. Right? Was excited putting the list together. And it's definitely you make a large list of names. And I, I had a bunch of extras because I was like, no, wait, people are busy. I didn't think I would get as many yeses as I did off the bat. 
but I thankfully did and just got to email in some cases and talk to in other cases, people I really admire and who are writers and artists and, and folks like you and Liz and people who host podcasts that I listen to. And it was very cool to like also try to put like a wide variety of folks together from across all of these different activities and, and see kind of what they had to say. And I, I feel like it's a thing, their answers are full of educational material for kids for sure. But also I'm like, this is really helpful for me. Like I feel good after reading these interviews. Yeah, I know I kind of said this already, but I genuinely feel like this book is great, whether it's for like, whether you're getting it to read for a kid in your life or like with a kid in your life or just as an adult. I agree. Like I was reading it like, oh yeah, I love that advice. Or like, this is a part of fandom I haven't thought about for a while. And why? Like, it's awesome. I just feel like this is one of the most fun guides to fandom I've seen in a really, really long time. I know it's like a small aspect of it. It's not because I'm sure actually a lot of thought went into it. But the size of it makes me happy too. I was like, when I got it, I was like, I didn't know the exact dimensions. And I was like, oh, this does feel like... At first I was like, oh, it's big. But then I'm like, no, it's great. It feels like a guide. I'm like, that's what it is, Amy. But that's what, you know what I mean? It just shows that everyone who was a part of this, like, got the pitch and then, like, did it right, you know? Yeah, that clearly they put so much work into making it this amazing little bundle that I'm so proud of. (laughs) Do you have any, like, favorite moments from putting this book together? A lot of it, you know, part of it was finishing it during not too long after the pandemic started. And I'm part of this writers group that used to like meet at coffee shops when we could make the time. And, you know, we kind of support each other and they're called the shamers because we shame each other into writing. That's excellent. (laughs) And we had transitioned to Slack, obviously, at the beginning of all of this. And we were, many of us were like in the middle of various projects and just trying to like going. And I would mostly write, I still mostly write on weekends. And anyone else, we just kind of all chime in and be like, okay, who's working this weekend? And we would do writing sprints together and cheer each other on. And that was just really lovely. And then it was also a part of it. The fun of it was like, (laughs) it's embarrassing, but I'm not, obviously I'm not a kid. I don't have kids and I don't have a lot of like kids accessible in my day-to-day life. I know people who have them and I know teachers and I consulted all of them, but it was like a learning and and my editor helped tremendously with this too, but learning what kids are into these days. No, that's Um, so real. (laughs) Cause I was like talking, you know, Minecraft is still valid, but there's also Roblox now, which just was not a super thing on like really on my radar, but I would like kept referencing like fandoms that that are still around, but maybe not as strong as they were uh, when I was a kid or when I was closer to kid age. And so it was fun to be like, oh, okay, this is, these are the video games kids are playing now, or like this one's still relevant. And I don't think people really talk about this other one. <laughs> I definitely yeah. have a few minutes where I'm like, I am not young anymore. But fortunately, a lot of things in this book are uh, transcend time. That's what's so fun too. So like, like I said, I've been a nanny off and on in my adult life. And I love seeing because like, Star Wars, I feel like obviously it was around for our whole lives. And then I feel like it kind of dropped off for a little while and then like Clone Wars happened and then it came back for kids and same thing with Pokemon. Like it didn't go anywhere, but it was big and then it wasn't. And now it is again. (laughs) So it's so fun seeing like those trends and which things are having comebacks now that like we still love. (laughs) I'm glad Pokemon had come back because I kept referencing that because it's a go-to. And I play like I was into Pokemon Go for a while, even though I missed the original 
Pokemon. I just don't know how I missed out on Pokemon during my childhood, but I did. So I was like, I can still use this one. I'm like, yes, they're still making lots of new Pokemon and kids are playing this. Yeah. It's just so nice when you're like, okay, I don't have to relearn everything that the kids are into these days. But you're right. It is wild how some things have just stayed or they've like eh, for a little bit and then they come back because whatever, you know, new things are coming out and it's all, it's all a cycle. Yeah. It's so fun to read a book like this, especially like while we're recording, we're still hopefully at the tail end of this pandemic, but still pretty stuck at home. And so like it was bringing back so many fun memories of being out in the world and making me excited to go do things again and be at conventions and show off cosplays that are being made while we're all stuck at home. Yeah, there was that moment, like, as there's a whole chapter about conventions, because that can be such a big part of the fandom experience. And certainly, goodness, I have met so many awesome people um, through going to conventions. But when I'm writing it, and it's like, it was kind of like a writing that in hope I'm like, we're going to get back to this. If I'm writing that it's going to happen, we will all be going to conventions again one day and like being too close together in aisles and lining up for panels. I look forward to like going back and just seeing my friends or like, I just like want to walk around a crowd. Con- and I don't think I thought I would say this almost ever, but I'm like, I just want to walk around a crowded convention floor. Isn't that so crazy to think about the things I never thought I would miss? I'm like, you know what? What I would give to do. Right I could now. stand to be like jostled on the escalators at Javits right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I miss the Javits Center. I never thought. I never thought that would happen. It's so crazy. But like that, I mean, community, this fandom community is resilient. And like we found ways to make it work when we only had the internet. And I think it's really fun to think about how we'll be able to come back together again. And uh, this book is coming out at the perfect time where it's like, I think people are starting to have hope for like events and movies coming out and going back to theaters and being able to dress up with friends again. So I think this is a perfect jumpstart to that. And also a really good book for summer. If you have to keep a nerdy kid entertained, like (laughs) this is a great book for uh, ideas for what to do. Oh, that's I've heard from the parents I know that they're just like anything to keep my kid busy for a little while. Keep them entertained. Give me a few beats to do literally, you know, just have a minute. So I hope that there are a lot of activities in here. Certainly some do require should absolutely have adults around that involve sharp objects and sewing machines. But there's a lot of things that that kids can do on their own or with their siblings or you know, whenever like that kind of like seeing other people is very close on the horizon so they can do with small groups of friends and yeah, my, my set them up with some supplies in this book and oh, I just want kids to make stuff. I think I've said one of the coolest parts of fandoms um, definitely like five times now. They're all cool. So I'm with you. <laughs> it's all cool because <laughs> making stuff is one of them and getting involved in that way in your fandom just connects you to it all that much more and I think, I don't know. I just want to say, I hope it inspires kids to make stuff and find their people. And then I'll be happy anyway, but then I'll be extra happy. Oh, no, that's perfect. What a good reason to write a book. <laughs> I, think that, I think that is wonderful. And so, like we said, it comes out on the best day of the year for nerds, May 4th. So if you're listening before then, you can pre-order. And if you're listening after, you can get this everywhere that you can get books. 
And where should people follow you? Because like you said, like you are doing all kinds of things on the internet. I'm sure this will not be the last book you write. Uh, no, I, I hope not. It isn't. Um, but I also, I hope I will continue to write many more fingers crossed. And folks can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy underscore geek. I have a newsletter on Substack. That's just my name, Amy Ratcliffe.substack.com. And then my website, amyratcliffe.com, has all the information for my books and links and all that jazz. That's so awesome. Thank you so much, Amy. This was so lovely. I hope every kid gets to read this book, honestly. Thank you so much for having me. And again, like, thank you and Liz also for being part of the book. It, it really means a lot. We could not be more honored. And I genuinely really hope everyone buys this book. So again, it's called A Kid's Guide to Fandom. And uh, I think everyone should get it. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. If you want to hear more like this, you can subscribe to the Sartorial Geek Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help us out, you can leave us a rating or a review or head to patreon.com slash sartorialgeek. Thank you so much. Have a great day.